Welcome to the Speak In Flow podcast. Let's unleash your leadership voice. Listen in to the untold stories of high-performing leaders where they will reveal their golden takeaways to help you become fearless communicators and fast-track your career. Join us for the journey. Hello, welcome to the Speak In Flow podcast. Today I have a special guest. His name is Brian Wong with Moss Adams. Moss Adams is one of the largest public accounting firms in the United States. And so Brian brings us a wealth of knowledge. Um, Since 2010, he had practiced public accounting and he serves big organizations and he has risen to the top. This is a big organization and he's become partner. And so I brought him into the podcast because I know that he has um, strengths and expertise that he'd love to share. And I'd love for all of you to hear so that we can learn what are the things to help us get through this big organization. Many of you are trying to rise to the ranks. And so Brian has some strengths that I love. Like what has helped you move up in this organization and become a real respected leader? Sure. Thank you so much for that introduction, Melinda. I will clarify that I am partner at Moss Adams, but there's still a lot of room for me to grow as well. (laughs) You're already humble. Humble is probably (laughs) one of them. (laughs) Yeah, I'd say there's, you know, a couple of things that I attribute um, just overall my my success. And I think you know, one thing is just having a growth mentality and that work ethic and finding that why to why, you know, you want to put in the hours and achieve those career milestones in your life. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think another is for me, it's been just positive attitude, approachable person. Mm -hmm. And I think it's come a long way, especially as far as, you know, dealing with difficult situations, being able to see the glass half full. And one other thing is just kind of being stoic in difficult situations where people can feel like you can, they can trust you and that Mm -hmm. they can lean on you under difficult times. Mm -hmm. So first of all, is really being clear about what it is that you want. And when you have that passion for what it is that you want, you go with it at with your work ethic and growth mentality. Exactly. Calm through it, because you know that there's going to be setbacks, there's gonna be obstacles, and you continue to just stay calm and stoic. And even if it doesn't, even if it's hard. That's exactly right. Exactly. right. I feel like without the lens of seeing difficult times and obstacles right. as, you know, ultimately a positive mm-hmm. is um, it'd be, it'd be difficult because, you know, under the first sign of pressure, you don't want to do something anymore. Whereas if you feel like, okay, once I get through this hurdle, I'll be in a better spot overall. Mm-hmm. You look at that challenge as an opportunity. Yeah. And do you see a lot of that happening uh, especially in, in the firm or in the organization where people, there's a challenge, a setback, and it really takes them down. Do do you see that happening quite a bit, especially now today? Yeah, I think that, I think they're, you know, in the public accounting profession, we have busy seasons. Yes. And those are, it gets a bad rep. And obviously, because you're, you end up putting in a lot more hours than you typically would um, when you compare it to, you know, standard industry. But I, I think what people 
sometimes miss is also the learning opportunities when they go through those busy seasons. And a lot of times people don't have the opportunity to self-reflect. Mm-hmm. And I, I often try to connect with coaches and remind them to self-reflect after they've put in, you know, a significant amount of work to see what they actually learned. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes they're surprised, right? Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. realize that in the midst of a lot of hours, mm-hmm. they didn't realize how much they've actually come up. Right. And it's beyond busy, busy season times. It's also, you know, getting opportunities and roles on engagements, client service, or just internal mm-hmm. where sometimes it seems like it's another thing that you have to do. But once you actually experience it, you may find that you like it, or you may find that even if you didn't like it, you're now a little bit more comfortable doing right. that thing. And, and earlier you mentioned, we, we had a little bit of a talk before we started, you mentioned that you, you see more of this with women. Yeah. Yeah. I was just sharing an experience where literally right before hopping on this call, yeah. you know, there was a senior who came into my office mm-hmm. and was talking about not being certain if this was the career for her. Mm-hmm. And I find oftentimes there is the doubt of, is this for me? And especially if, you know, the, the person is thinking about family long right. run, right. right. There's, it's difficult. Cause there, there, there are a lot of hours. Yeah. Um, and sometimes when you're in the middle of that and you're just thinking about the, the obstacles, you forget to look beyond what you currently see and right. see that there are people that had similar experiences to you that are successful and they found a way and being able to, I think, see that. Mm -hmm. Um, So in in this case, seeing another, whether it's Asian, another female Mm -hmm. leader, I think helps. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, framing, framing that for them is very important. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also just reminding them that the struggles that they're going through right now are, really learning opportunities because, you know, things get better as you progress in your career. Totally. And it's just interesting that more women tend to lean more into the doubt and then they sit in the doubt a little bit more, like you said, and maybe there's a lot of other factors going on. And, and so going, um, looking beyond, maybe looking to see who other else has done it, other women, other Asian leaders to, to, to capture, to feel like it's possible and to be inspired, um, because it, and when we're so tired, so it's easy to just put the brakes and, and, and make rash decisions and, and not want to do this or, or have doubt that am I doing it correctly when you probably are, but maybe you're just tired you need to go on vacation and you can't. And so can you share a story of how you've used this grit, how you, like you, you must have gone through a lot and, and you're still smiling today. And I see your nice smile, your approachability, like you're still standing, like, but it, I'm sure it wasn't easy. It was, and so can you share a personal story of when it wasn't easy and how you were able to overcome that? Yeah. So, hmm, that's, so, I mean, I, I don't know how far back we want to go here. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> go, go back and, and, and. I'll let it, you can tell the highlights of the back and then, and then you can progress forward. 
the back. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that for me, when I look back at you know the person that I am today and I, I look at a few sort of, I'd say, significant experiences, I think one is coming from a family of immigrants, right? So I'm Chinese. My parents were they're Chinese, but they were born in Vietnam. They came over um, right after the Vietnam War. And I mean, the experience of coming here, being in a fisherman's boat, mm. traveling to Malaysia, luckily getting there without having pirates stop them, mm. is knowing that story, I think, comes a long way. Mm. And then seeing that, you know, that experience and then starting essentially fresh in another country where you don't know the language and you're putting in all the work, but you still continue to every single day, do what you need to do to support your family. I think a lot of my grit comes from that. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I have chills thinking about that. I get, yeah, I can sense that, you know, that, that challenge, that fear, all the things that they have to put on the line and then get over here. To be exactly, yeah. exactly. I had the opportunity to talk to, so I had this school, school assignment back in university and it, it asked us to talk to our grandparents uh-huh. and I had the, the opportunity to talk to my grandfather who was around at the time, uh-huh. just get his experience. And I learned from him, you know, he had a really hard upbringing. The was born into a poor family, poor farmer family. Um, at the age of 10, had to leave China and find out, find work for himself. So he actually became uh, like a helping hand to a, a merchant um, who was sort of just traveling and selling things. And he was really just living day by day, helping this merchant until he landed in Vietnam. Wow. And there he built his, over time, of course, right? Slowly built sort of his own merchant business mm-hmm. only for that to be taken away right after the world or right after the Vietnam War and then having to, you know, flee. Luckily ended up here in the States and then starting over again, right? And I, I think to myself, obviously we, we shared all the, we shared some of the in-betweens of just even getting to the United States and all that pressure, but then having to, again, start over fresh is just, it, it makes you feel like what we're going through right now is relatively easy. Right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes, completely. Yeah, I agree. Um, that fueled you, that fueled you. So when you had obstacles. Correct, correct. And then I also, I, I think just now, I, I do find myself at times having to find sort of motivation, right? And I, there's, um, there's an author, Ryan Holiday, and he wrote the book Obstacles the Way. And that for me is really, I, I do spend a lot of my time thinking in that sort of format where I look at, you know, challenges and difficulties obstacles essentially as opportunities to overcome gosh how, I, and how do you do how what prepares you for that i i'm gonna admit, i it's a challenge for me so it's interesting that how did you transition over to that or what do you have to do to know to prepare your mind for that 
I, I think we all we all have to experience a little bit of success in order to see that it's true. So I think it happens slowly. I don't think there's a significant, I don't think there's a one, one event that, you know, transformed me, but I, I think it happens over continuous effort. And you know, then it's that. exactly like facing the obstacle. Exactly. Exactly. When I was early in, on in my career, I got a lot of feedback that I was very soft-spoken and I, I think I probably still am. And I remember thinking to myself after a handful of years that this is something I need to address. Mm -hmm. And at the time I didn't, my mentality was probably a little bit different. I just wanted to be a sponge and learn as much as I possibly could. But I knew that I needed to develop a voice in my career. And when I started seeing if I put an effort to become a better speaker, if I put an effort to have more presence in a meeting, mm -hmm. if I led meetings that I could actually get good at it. Right. And by doing that, you know, I, trying to essentially overcome that obstacle, yeah. it was actually making myself better. Yeah. And it's then seeing every single opportunity of, you know, speaking in front of an audience as, a, a way for me to grow it for me, that was probably from a public speaking perspective and, and leadership perspective, um, a turning point, right? Like once, once I realized, okay, I'm soft-spoken, but I can do things to overcome it and make myself better. Yes. You were, you didn't avoid it. You faced it head on. You went and you saw these obstacles, supposedly obstacles as opportunities to stretch, even though it's so uncomfortable. And yet, but if your grandparents can do it, your parents can do it. Hey, I'm fueled to look at this as an opportunity of growth, of challenge and, and putting yourself out there. And, and then now you're able to speak. And what has that done for you now that you've speaking, you're speaking more? Yeah. So I think... Little successes builds confidence. Yeah. Right. And now it, I'm at a place where I do feel like I'm more comfortable speaking yeah. to large audiences, right. leading meetings, um, leading teams. But it only came because I consciously looked for opportunities to do so. Mm -hmm. And then throughout the way, you need you need that positive feedback from people. And I have, I was fortunate enough to get the coaching and mentors and sponsors that, you know, highlighted that I was doing well. Right. Mm. I remember there was a person that initially gave me the feedback of, Oh, you're so soft-spoken. Mm. Maybe you should speak up a little bit more. And then as I started to lead more conversations in larger group settings, it became wow, like maybe you being soft-spoken helped you yes. because rather than being the person that always has to talk to be heard, yes. now we hear you when you actually have something to say and people are more inclined to listen. 
I love that. I love that because this is your voice. This is who you are. You don't have to be like the other speakers. You don't have to be um, outspoken or loud and you know loud to get everybody's attention. You have honed in on what your voice means and you're owning it. It doesn't. It doesn't sound like everybody else, and that's what's the amazing part. And you've cap, and now you know, learned how to capture the attention of people. Because they know that when Brian speaks, which probably is not as often as others, we got to listen because he's got insight. He's got, he's respected. And so I love that you were able to do that. Congratulations. Thank you. Amazing. No, that's great. It's wonderful. And go ahead. No, I'm just going to add in. Of course, I think it depends on the scenario that you're in as well. Mm -hmm. Right. I think in a larger audience, you are, you're more rewarded if you're energized, right? Yeah. Well, right. It, yeah. Right. So, and, and that's sitting, then you have to make the effort to, effort. in my case, it doesn't come as natural, but then uh-huh. you're conscious of you having to do that. And if you practice it, you do get better at it. Yeah. And then, and then I think you could just say, I like to say something and you might need to say it a couple of times because if there's a large group, I'd like to say, I'd like to say something. And then they're all going and then I like to say something and then pause and then finally getting their attention. Right. Like do you little things like that. Exactly. Exactly. Someone has told me if you're in a zoom room, you can use that raising the hand because everybody can see it. Raise yep. the hand. And I like to say something. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, there's no one, one solution to it. Yeah. But depending on the environment, sometimes you could have, sort of areas where you may view it as not necessarily a positive, be a positive. Right, 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 right. That's wonderful. I really appreciate your time and sharing that story. I think that that was a really powerful story. I I mean, I'm glad we went into the background. I'm glad because that was really important to understand what fuels you. It's not, yes, it's your work, it's your current job and, 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 and your family, but it's also the history of where your parents and your grandparents um, have, have taken you and, and knowing these stories and hopefully people in the audience will also get some background about where they're coming from and, have them be inspired by um, the people that were behind you and what effort that they had to do what they needed to do to bring, um, bring you into the world or what obstacles they had so we can learn from them. And, and so I'm glad that you're able to share that and how you've used that today to, to elevate, to, to grow and to also expand into the respected leader that you are. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Wanted to use that to emphasize the importance of having a strong support system. Yes. It's personal, whether it's professionally. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Your mentors and you said your wife, your family all supported you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's because you were also reciprocating to them too. I'm sure that they do that because you also. Yeah. Yeah. I think it goes a long way to be um, as I you know, as I look at things, obstacles as opportunities, also engaging those around you. Yeah. Through yeah. those two and also view yeah. them the same way. Yeah. A lot of times, whether it's like professionally, you know, people view public speaking as a barrier. And mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you know, more than anybody else about that. And then finding opportunities for you to develop that as well as you know, your, your cohort, your, your friends, your peers, um, 
for them to join you in that experience to get better at it too. Great. How'd you do that? Did you speak in front of them? Did you tell them that this is what I'm going to do? How did you involve them? Yeah. Um, it's, I think it's various things. So it is when you're dealing with peers, um, giving them opportunities to also speak up, or especially if you're dealing with coaches in that scenario. Right. And then peers and friends, um, just talking through it, practicing with each other practice Mm -hmm. goes a long way. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I've had opportunities to work, be close with colleagues and, when they're doing a big presentation that they're nervous about, just practicing with them, mm-hmm. that, that ear, and then they will be your ear when it's mm-hmm. your turn. Right. Um, and then with friends, just, you know, sharing with them things that they can do. Right. Um, there's organizations like Toastmasters that they can get involved in. Right. There's, um, there's, there's a lot of opportunities, but just being there going, actually doing it with them goes a long way as well. And then, if you find a friend, if you find somebody that could hold you accountable and you guys are going through the experience together to get better at something, it helps. It goes a long way. Yes. Um, you're much more willing to come back the next day. And you, you also are more engaged and your right. the level of improvement appears to be faster too. Oh, completely. Yes. You have people surrounding you, you have people supporting you. Everybody's lifting each other up, or even if it's just one person, but you're both lifting each other up. Correct. Um, Correct. It's all a wonderful advice. And so I'm going to ask you, this is going to be challenging. Maybe what is one thing? What would one piece of advice that you, you want to give to rising leaders, leaders that are still working toward developing their leadership? What, what, and their voice, what is one advice that you can give? I think it's very important to be, you want to be somebody that you would want to be. And I say that because that's how others will view you and whether they respect you as a leader, Mm -hmm. right? So others will look to somebody that they admire, aspire to become, respect, Mm -hmm. um, and then they'll attach themselves to that person because, well, that's, that's who they want to learn from. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be a leader, you need to be the type of person that attracts others. Mm-hmm. So in other words, you need to be somebody that's attractable. So yeah. whether that is your strong voice, your personality, your mentorship, um, be that person that people are looking for. Yes. Yes. Be that. Yeah, I remember this reminds me of this one tip as a parent, whoever is a parent out there. A lot of times we're trying to correct our kids, right? We're trying to tell them to do this. We're trying to do that. And the one thing that you can do that's best is to model it, to actually be that leader, to be that person you want that because they're watching. These kids are watching. They're learning more from our behaviors than our words. Our words do not sink into them at all. <laughs> right so as you're saying right if you the leader be the leader that you want to be that's absolutely right be the leader yeah and then i I have a two and a half year old at home and it's so hard it's so hard how to tell them what to do (laughs) right right my wife and i do talk about it and i always share with her like we should live the life yes that you know we would want him to yes um aspire to do it's so true because my daughter's 15 
And she all she emulates a lot of the thing. And, and I it's just wow, she actually watched, she was listening. And so yeah, it's not surprised. easy, but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. More, you know, of course you still give them feedback. They're two, they're young, but just also know that they're watching so closely already. And so just being with them and exuding the behaviors is already enough. Right. So Thank, thank you, you Brian. Yeah, no, no, no. It was great. It was really fun chatting with you. And thank you so much for your inspiration, your story, your tips, your your techniques, just to be that leader um, for, for the audience. And so I'm, I trust that they have gained a lot of insight. And thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you so yeah. much, Melinda. Thanks for joining the conversation today. Are you curious on how you measure up with your ability to speak in flow? Come grab my free self-assessment at speakinflow.com forward slash assessment. This assessment only takes a couple minutes to fill out. You will get your results within five minutes. See how you measure up with your ability to speak in flow and an unshakable confidence. Take the assessment, click on the link in the comments, and I'll see you on the other side.